What's going on, y'all? You're now tuned into the Gridiron Guys podcast with your boy Sean Pesos. And your boy Russ Digi. I ain't even got to ask you how you doing. I already know. So. Hey, Mr. Hi, man. Listen, hey, it was a big game last week, you know? Yeah. Listen, it feels really good. We definitely called it. For sure. I didn't think it was going to be like that, though, honestly. You know what's so funny, man, in life? You know, the evidence can be right there in front of your face. But sometimes you just don't want to believe what you see. And that's one of those cases. Like, I know a lot of pundits were like, man, they won 37 to 8 last time. There's no way they're going to blow Green Bay out again. But the evidence showed you Green Bay didn't get any better. We didn't get any worse. And so it just happened in a more improved fashion. Well, I didn't even think there was going to be a blow. I'm like, okay, maybe Aaron Rodgers will fight a little more than what he has. Like, I didn't think he was going to get back to the chip. Did he? Yeah, I think he did. I think he's just, you know, the sad part about it is Aaron Rodgers is just put in this can't win position. And, you know, not to jump ahead of myself, but it's going to be the same for Pat Mahomes once Pat Mahomes gets paid. You show all this glory and all this like skill set, and everybody thinks it's gonna last forever. And we've all watched sports long enough to know that it just doesn't happen that way. You know what I mean? It's not. Like I was reading an article. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's not always the most talented person that that wins. Like we never thought after the tuck rule happened that Tom Brady would be the guy that had the most championships. You know what I'm saying in NFL history. You just don't. So it's not logical to see, like, we look at Pat Mahomes. It's it's probably not going to happen the way that people think it's going to happen. I don't know. Honestly, this is a toss-up game for me. No, not but even. What I was about game. to say is just his career. Yeah. People like I was reading an article earlier about Dan Marino, mm-hmm. how everybody thought he was going to make it back after he made it in, what was that, 84? Right. Uh, he just never got back. And he was kind of yeah. like the Pat Mahomes of that era. Exactly. Well, yeah. went one time and never made. Yeah, it happens to so many mm. people, man. There's a couple. I just can't think of anybody right now. Just people who went and never made it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like quarterbacks. I'm trying to think who went and never made it back. Hmm, that was great. You're right. I mean, you know, you could always name somebody like Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer, but of course, you know, people really didn't expect yep. them to go back. Donovan McNabb, he didn't make it back. Surprisingly, yeah, but he fucked that up. <laughs> he did. I mean, you you average about 15 to 16 touchdowns a season. You get T.O. and you get 31 touchdowns in that season. T.O. gets hurt. You act like it's not him. Then you beef with him and you don't try to repair it. And then you go back to being bum as a bitch again. It makes perfect sense. Then you send him to Dallas where he cooks. The funny thing is, T.O. was probably the best commodity to get as a wide receiver but teams let the media control the narrative on that guy. My thing with T.O., when he played on a broken leg in the Super Bowl, that should kill all narrative that they had. Yeah, but everybody wanted to say that he was some kind of cancer to the locker room, which made people who had an opportunity to like be successful stay away. But it was plenty of teams that could have dealt with him. And you know, the sad part about it is every time it's a situation like that with a player, that player starts on my team and there's some form of them leaving that just makes me know they're not coming back. Like, T.O. started as a Niner. The Niners could have always used T.O., but because he started off with us and left us in shambles, he was never coming back. And it's the same thing that happened with Kaepernick. Everybody's like, Kaepernick... Okay, you know what? 
Now that you brought that up, explain how that situation went with T.O. Because I wasn't tuned into y'all back then. Because, you know, Man. I was on my own thing. All right. So as a player, T.O. was used as a bailout receiver, right? So it starts mm-hmm. like this. It's T.O., it's Ty Streets, it's J.J. Stokes all on our team, right? And then we have that big game mm-hmm. with Steve Young where T.O. catches that pass across the middle, and they're like, oh, and so be, y'all beat Green Bay. And we beat mm-hmm. Green Bay. In that particular offseason, at that point in time, T.O. decided he's going to become a star. He's going to do his thing, and he came out rocking. He came out killing everybody. You know what I mean? Eventually, what really kind of started tearing it apart was his attitude. He didn't like some of the way that the plays were being called. He didn't necessarily appreciate Jeff Garcia. And in addition to that, he alluded to Jeff Garcia being gay at a point in time where even if he was gay, that was like a big indictment. You know what I mean? Because we weren't as progressive as a society as we are now. So it just kind of looked a certain way. He looked detrimental to the locker room. But on the field, what they would do is they would run these stupid-ass plays and then they'd be like, on third down, T.O., help us, get us out of this. And he would do it. Like, bail us out. Yeah, so it was like they almost used him as like a decoy. You know what I mean? And he hated that. He's like, why put me in this position when you could easily throw me the ball on first down or second down? And so people looked at that as him being a diva. He wanted to get out, you know. He almost, he was about to go to Baltimore, but his agent forgot to file the paperwork that would let him be a free agent. And so the 49ers used that to his advantage. And instead of letting him go to Baltimore as a free agent, we traded him to Philly. So we did some dirty shit. Mm, That's foul. (laughs) I did not know all that. Yeah, it's it was filed. It was like he had to file the paperwork on one day in February, and the agent didn't file that paperwork declaring that he didn't want to be a free agent. Like it was an opt out, and so if you to opt out, you got to tell them that you opted out. Otherwise, they think you want to stay on the squad. And because that paperwork didn't come in on time, they used that to their advantage to get an asset. And so instead of even trading him to the team he wanted to go to, we traded him to somebody else. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So. That's crazy. So it was it was just We're back to the championship game. Oh, for sure. Which one do you want to start with, man? I'm good either way. Let's start with the AFC first. All right. Well, and I just looked at this game as one of the games that it was the Chiefs to lose, in my opinion. Like I felt like the Titans had a chance just from a fairy tale perspective, you know, and which was cool, but it was theirs to lose. This is your perfect opportunity to beat up on a team that's really not supposed to be in front of you. And when they started the game off slow, it was very interesting and very telling to me about who the Chiefs are as a team. But of course, you know, Pat Mahomes being the leader that he is, and I know everybody's enamored with his arm and everything, but I'm really impressed by his leadership and his will to win and his will to like face adversity head on and say, nah, man, I ain't even worried. I'm not even phased. We're about to take these boys. And, you know, even though the score wasn't the same, the script was kind of the same as so far as the first half being down and then before the half is out taking the lead. Yeah, going into it, I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, if Derrick Henry gets going in the second half, they might have a chance. Mm-hmm. But if that Chiefs defense stops him or contains him just a smidge, they don't have the weapons to fight it out. I mean, and even I with them slowing him down as the game progressed, I can see the tide turning. Yeah. Like, okay, 
They're starting to slow him down. They're forcing Tannehill to make plays, which Tannehill can't do. This game's going to get out of hand soon. Yeah, you could just feel it, right? I had the same feeling. And then at one point, to me, it just looked like Tennessee, like, they threw their hardest punch, and that's all they had left. Yeah, when we were texting back and forth, bro, my only issue with Tennessee the entire time was the defense. I felt like they weren't hitting. They weren't tackling. They weren't putting a hat on Mahomes. And it wasn't just his scramble. It was anybody who even caught the ball or if Damian Williams ran the ball. It's like these people would run out of bounds, not get pushed out of bounds. When they would get tackled, it was like they were almost just brought down in like the softest way possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said last week that Tennessee's played, what, six straight games? Damn uh-huh. near? Yeah. And I don't know how fresh they're going to be going up against Kansas City, who's only played a game. But do you think that has something to do with them being tired or do you think that's just the way they play? I think that's just them being tired because I saw how they played before now. Like they were energized. They were hitting a little harder. All right. I respect it. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's an excuse. You go into the Super Bowl, if you win this game, you better find some energy somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it was poor tackling across the board and I mean, you know, when you strap those pads on, man, I'm expecting you to come out there and hit people when it's when it's appropriate. And anytime Pat Mahomes is a runner, anytime any quarterback is a runner, that is your opportunity to intimidate that player, to let them know that you're available. And for him to scramble and then break three players because they're trying to go for the strip, it was just so stupid. Yeah, like instead of stopping the run, Maybe getting the interception, you decide to try to strip the ball, which you can't strip a quarterback. Right. I can understand that stripping a running back, but a quarterback? Right. Uh, yeah, that was dumb. Because you're lucky Purely to even dumb. get a hat on him. You're lucky to even touch a QB during the course of a game. Legally, right. Anyway. And he stayed in bounds. Normally, quarterbacks just run out. Exactly. So when he's in bounds and he's got there going upright because somebody's trying to strip him, that's legal. He's a runner. You could do whatever you need to do except for leading with the crowd of your helmet or lunging. You know, you could have went low. You could have drug him down. Like, you could have done anything, man. And At that point, you're supposed to lower the boom. Well, I'm lowering the boom anyway because if he's at the three-yard line, it's not going to be a 15-yard penalty on top of that. It's only half the distance to the goal line at that point. So what you using, a large, yard, right. yard and a half, two yards at the most? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No. Right. So, yeah. So anyway, the game pretty much played out how it played out. Tannehill tried. I give him a lot of a lot of props. It was one play in the second half. He scrambled and just got nailed. And I thought they were going to check that man for a concussion, which they should have. But it's cool that they didn't. But, uh, yeah, it was just a, you know, far gone conclusion that, okay, this is over. Yeah, at one point, I'm like, I'm turning this game off. It is boring. Yeah, because you knew they didn't have right. an offensive firepower to even remotely come back. Right. Like, the defense was going to have to make a play. And that just wasn't happening with them not tackling, in my opinion. And truth be told, the games before this game, they really didn't make plays either. It's just that they got so far in front, they did just enough to get by. The AFC really doesn't have the level of competition that the NFC has, just in my opinion. The teams, the caliber of teams that were playing against the Chiefs, they just had deficiencies. Like, once Tennessee beat Baltimore, the fear was gone from Kansas City's perspective. It was like, okay, we handle business, we beat the Texans, 
we turn around, we playing the Titans. Easy money. We can go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because they knew the only team that could really stick with us is either Houston or Baltimore. Now that they're gone, this is a cakewalk down there. Exactly. Just punch that ticket. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. It's, it, it was it's cool that, that the Chiefs made it, to be perfectly honest with you, because, you know, so many times you watch a whole NFL season and the culmination is you see one team that you want to see versus another team that you really don't think is formidable or you see a team that's not as exciting and it's just, you know, it's kind of lackluster. Or you see the Patriots, which is kind of like, bleh, you know what I mean, outside of Patriots fans. So at the end of the day, you know, it's not like me, you know, me being a 49ers fan. I know a lot of people would have picked us to beat the Titans, but it's not like I was even pulling for the Titans to win because it's just, you know, that's not what you want to see, man. You want a really great, exciting game. So. It's cool that the Chiefs were able to pull it off. Yeah. Now they have a real test. Oh, definitely. Because, boy, I mean, I know I've been hearing it all season long about this defense. Yeah, man. But when you guys are at full strength, yeah. it's a different beast. Definitely. And it's like that offensively as well. You know, there were so many games this year that we uh, we didn't have Kittle or we didn't have D4. Quan Alexander was out. We wouldn't have Jaquaski Tart. Matt Breida was hurt for a little bit. Tevin Coleman was hurt for a little bit. Ben Garland left for the season. You know what I mean? It's all these other things that happened, man, like throughout the season that the 49ers didn't get a pass for because, quite honestly, I don't think people believed in us, and I think that's mainly because of our quarterback play. You know, most people believe in teams and quarterbacks that they believe in, which is crazy, but, you know, I respect it. But yeah, man, the defense is super real. Our offense is super real, but it just comes in different ways. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, to start this game off, man, I was really amped. I don't want to say I'm not one of those people that like to talk a lot of trash because in some ways it can be disrespectful. And what I mean by that is like, I don't want to disrespect the opponents that we're going against. But I also do have like strong feelings on the situation. And I just felt like playing mm. Green Bay, that was the way for us to go to the Super Bowl, like feel confident in going to the Super Bowl. Like the hardest test probably for us, to be perfectly honest, would have been the Seattle Seahawks just because they know us and they play us hard and there's a psychological hurdle that you have to go over. But once we had to play Minnesota and then we had to play Green Bay, I felt the same way I felt about the whole Chiefs situation. You know, like, okay, this is what we got to do to get to the bowl. Bet we can handle business. How we're going to handle business, it all depends on the flow of the game. Speaking of the flow of the game, I didn't see Mostert going off the way he did. <laughs> but that's the funny part about it, man. Raheem has been balling the whole second half of the season. He's been the dude. Like it's it's not like it's his first game of having multiple touchdowns or his first game of being over a hundred yards. Now, granted, he did go over two hundred mm-hmm. and he did have four TDs, but that had more so to do with the Green Bay Packers defense just being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I won't call them stupid. I'll say they're they were more finesse than actually hitting. Bro, that's dumb. That's just dumb. You got to find a way. You got to find a way to really understand how you're getting beat. You know what I mean? Like, 
in that situation, if it's a blocking scheme situation, then make your linebackers just be more patient. You know, just let them sit for a little bit. Considering y'all running the zone back in offense, mm-hmm. it would behoove the, the linebackers to be patient because those are developing plays. Exactly. It's either that or you go in some kind of nickel because your safeties can hit. But the only people on the team that seem like they want to do some hitting in the uh, secondary is uh, Savage. Outside of Savage, everybody else was just like getting smoked and they were cool. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand that. Man, you gotta, I mean, you gotta do a, a good self-evaluation when you're when you're scouting and developing players for your team. You know, there's a lot of teams in the NFC that hit. Like pretty much the entire NFC hits hard. You know, even when we played y'all, mm-hmm. man, like it was tackling going on in that game. We, we just weren't bending to our will. Green Bay just happened right. to be the team this year that wanted to be soft when they played us. And you will die if you play soft against us. God, die, though. Damn. Yeah, for real, bro. Look, <clears throat> we went up against the Bengals. They played soft. Got smoked. We went up against Carolina. They played soft. Got smoked. You can't. You got to come for our jugular. You got you to gotta try to throw deep passes, and you got to try to scramble. Anything else is just we're going to pin our ears back and go at you. And then defensively, if you can't stop the run, the run is coming at you in a multitude of ways. We're going to try to run some some reverses with Debo. You know what I mean? We're going to try to run some stuff with Raheem. We're going to hit you with Tevin. We might even pitch one to Kittle if we're in a goal line situation. Breeders running. It's just too many people running, bro. Honestly, you know what I'm waiting to see? What's that? I'm waiting to see our match. Like, if we play each other, in the playoffs next year, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see that matchup. But I think we'll be a different team. Yeah. Probably. You know. It'll be interesting, though. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, let me let me get on Aaron Rodgers real quick. All right. I was watching the game. I made a stat, and I said, Green Bay is getting smacked like they did against the Falcons in the 2016 NFC Championship game. Uh-huh. With that in the back of my mind, I know Aaron Rodgers had to be thinking about that too. Like, I can't go out the same way. Right. So for him to go out the exact same way, I feel bad for him. <laughs> no, I'm serious, bro. I am yeah. serious. So what do you think it is then? Is it Aaron or is it his supporting cast? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's totally his supporting cast. I think it's both. I think he's regressing a slight bit and he doesn't have the whole course of the run with him. <clears throat> Well, I mean, the regression is going to come with age. So, I mean, I respect that part. But I don't think he's regressed to the point where he's not capable of really, you know, slinging the rock. Kind of like, to be honest, I, I feel that way about Drew Brees. Like, when I when I saw that Taysom Hill had to come in and throw that deep ball for Drew, that, to me, was like a serious sign of regression. As opposed to with Aaron, he can mm-hmm. still air that ball out. You know, just see the play where he threw the ball 67 yards to Devontae Adams when he kind of shook up my boy Sherm a little bit. Um, And so to me, it's a weapons thing. Like, in your heart of hearts, if you're a GM, and even if you're a coach, and I know it's Matt LaFleur's first year, you can't come into that game, an NFC championship game, and think that your best weapon in Devontae Adams and your second best option in Aaron Jones, who's who's a solid back. I won't sit up here and and, and act like Aaron Jones isn't good, 
but he's like fringe good. He's not like to me. He's good. He's not like nowhere near. He's, he's not there great. yet. Yeah. And so like now it's like Geronimo Allison, Lazard, you know, old Jimmy Graham. Like it's not enough to win a championship. You know what I mean? You're going to have to get something. And so that's where they have to figure that out. And then again, as you said earlier, age is playing a factor with A-Rod. So he's only got maybe, what, five years at the most left in his career? Uh, Yeah, at the most. You have to give him something to give him an actual shot. Yeah, you got to. And I don't think, I don't know what's out there for him other than A.J. Green. But even with A.J. Green, there's question marks, especially with his injury history. I think he's fine. I think he just didn't want to come back and play for the Bengals. That's honest to God, true. I mean, if that is the case, I completely agree with him. I I understand. Yeah, I mean, I I see why people would look at that situation and say, damn, is he even healthy? But think about it, man. At that time, man, I don't think they had even won a damn game when they were asking him to come back. Like, who's coming back for that shit? Right, risking injury. Right, for what? To lose. So that we could, instead of being 1-15, we could be 3-13? and Nah, I'm good. Or 4-12? Yeah, I'm good, player. Go ahead and get that draft pick. <laughs> That's my gift to y'all. I'm even, with, <laughs> even with A.J. Green, I don't think they have enough pieces with that still. Well, uh, you're saying if Green Bay got A.J. Green? Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think that's enough. Well, I think it's enough in the aspect of if you have two weapons on the outside, at least that makes the defense play more honest. Like, we really didn't have to play honest because nobody was sitting up there worried about Lazard or Geronimo Allison or our linebackers getting smoked by Jimmy Graham. It was strictly the Devontae Adams show. Like, if Devontae don't beat us, we good because they can't run the ball. You got to spread that defense out, man. Or your quarterback has to be able to run his ass off. And that's why I'm saying they don't have enough. They need balance. Aaron Rodgers is at his best when they're balanced, when they got a good run game and a good receiving core. But the the run game wouldn't have beat us, though. You know, No, it wouldn't have beat you, but he would have had a better shot at least. I don't think so. I think it's a wasted position. You don't think so? I think Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is capable. I just think you need to be able to air that ball out. You know, like that's why I, you know talking on a podcast weeks ago. I used to say like, "Yo, Minnesota scares me because they have the weapons to beat us, right?" But here's the thing: I didn't count on this, and I had to listen to like Mike Florio break it down to me because I always take mm-hmm. up for Kirk Cousins, like always. And the main thing was. He just said one line that made all the sense in the world and cleared it up for me. He was like, when the pressure is on, Kirk Cousins isn't the person that's going to try to win you the game. He's just going to fall. Like, he's just going to fall. If that pressure is coming in that backfield, he's not going to escape the pocket and throw the ball down the field. He's just going to fall or get sacked or get hit or throw the ball away. And that's, that's why they lost with those weapons because he wasn't able to move out of that pocket or do anything. If you look at the games that we had trouble in, we lost to y'all, right? 
Matt Ryan didn't mm-hmm. give up. No matter how much pressure came, he was trying to get that ball to Julio. And that's what was giving us hell, right? When you look right. at Russell Wilson, all he does is scramble and extends the play to throw to whoever the fuck that gave us hell. And the other team that gave us a problem was Arizona because Kyler Murray was moving them feet. Kyler Murray was like, oh, y'all back here? All right, peace. <laughs> right, I'm not about to get hit among like five, two. Yeah, but anybody that tries to chill in that pocket, they done, man. They done. <laughs> we got all our D, D linemen and shit. They're done, man. There's no way you the only one that gave The only one that gave y'all an issue that chilled in the pocket was Drew Brees. But he ain't even give us an issue because we ain't even have half the people. D Ford wasn't in that game. I want to say Sherm didn't play. Like, I thought he played that game. He may have played that game. Jaquaski didn't play that game. When did Sherman get hurt? Okay. He got hurt in one it of was... games. Because he didn't play for like two weeks. Right. I would have to look it up. Because that was all in that stretch when we had to play Green Bay, Baltimore, the Saints. Like all that happened in a three-week span. <clears throat> I know Sherm didn't play when we played y'all. Right. And I feel like we played, I feel like he got hurt in that game against the Saints. Or I have to look it up, bro. I don't want to lie. But because we played the Saints before we played y'all. Because y'all were supposed to be the cooling off period. That was was supposed to be the, okay, we ran through our division. We played Green Bay, beat them. We played Baltimore and the Saints or the Saints in Baltimore. And then it was just like, okay, now we got Atlanta. And then we lost. So, right. but I mean, you know, it's, it's going to take, uh, it's going to take some serious figuring out to see how you're going to scheme up against this defense, you know? So we'll see. We'll see what the teams do next year. Question. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to the Super Bowl. Yes. Do y'all have the weapons to keep up with their uh, their offense as far as like their track meet superstars, like the the hills of the world? Do we have the offense or do we have the defense? I mean, the defense, the defense to keep up with them. Uh, yes, because we're gonna play a zone, and as long as we got Jaquaski Tart and Jimmy Ward back there, they play pretty much all their youth football together, like high school football and. All that they both come from Illinois, so they know each other. They have great communication mm-hmm. skills. So if they're on the same page, I'm not too worried about Tyreek Hill getting behind us. He is the threat, though. Mm-hmm. Like he's the threat. Hardman, maybe some of them fools on on Kansas City can't catch. And the thing about it is, we're gonna put a hat on them early to make them think twice about catching. Tyreek Hill is susceptible to pulling a brand, uh, a Brandon Cooks getting smacked in that game and then that being it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well, you out of the Super Bowl, playboy. Like, he's a light guy. We hit. You know what I mean? So I'm not really... I'm not concerned about their running game. I'm concerned about Tyreek Hill and I'm concerned about Travis Kelsey because Patrick Mahomes is going to be running out of that pocket. We're not letting him chill in that pocket. We're coming. 
And so it'll be interesting to see if he can get that ball to him. Well, I'm letting you know now. If you hit Sammy Watkins hard enough, he's finished. I already understand. Bro, I understand how feeble a lot of the people are on their team. I totally get that. Plus, Sammy ain't smoking none of us. You try that shit with Sammy if you want to. That shit getting picked. <laughs> Listen, I've been saying Sammy wasn't that guy when he came on to Clemson. Yeah, bro. He, he's not cooking us. I'm not worried about him. I'm definitely worried about Tariq Hill. And I'm worried about uh, Travis Kelsey from the aspect of those are going to be the plays where I'm like, fuck. Like, all right. Because he's their version yeah. of Kittle. In a, it, to a certain degree, he ain't as hard. But he's no, 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 no. He he, he's physical at points, though. Oh, not so much. But I, I, I'll let it slide. He's definitely talented, right? Like, he's going to be a red zone threat for sure. Because that's where you're going to try to get that ball to. My problem with him is I saw New England punk him one time where he's supposed to be catching the ball for the first down and he got hit and he dropped the ball. Like, bro, I'm trying to take, they haven't been tested. They have been going up against these mediocre defenses in the Texans and the God daggone Titans, and it has not given them any preparation for the defense they're going to face. Well, if you think about the past Super Bowls, I mean, outside of the Rams flaking, mm-hmm. the AFC teams have been getting smacked around. Exactly. So here's the thing. This is my this is my question. If the Chiefs are gonna be slow starters again, like they have been in the last two games, will they have the ability to try to come back on us? I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be able to come back on us to take the lead. Like if we go up on them 24, they definitely not coming up. But if we go up on them like 10 and then we come back and do a consistent 10, I don't think they'll be able to keep up because their defense is out here getting praised for going up against some, like, one-trick pony offenses. Man, we don't smoke that defense, too. Our defense hasn't really been tested. Jimmy, Listen, Jimmy's going to put up some plays because all we've been doing is not giving them any fucking tape. The past two weeks, you haven't had any tape on how we're really passing the ball. We haven't used Sanders like that because we haven't had to. We haven't used Kittle like that because we haven't had to. And Debo, we only been really running him out of the backfield. We barely been passing to him. Like, their defense is suspect. They got Tyron Matthew, they got Frank Clark, and they got Chris Jones. That's it, bro. Suggs is too old, bro. You getting done in. I think think Suggs still got some juice in him. Yeah, juice to get smoked. He ain't catching Raheem. <laughs> no, nah, he ain't catching him, but he gonna he he's gonna try to get back there. He's gonna try this hardest. Listen, you get back there, Jimmy's gonna fall down. Jimmy ain't trying to run nowhere. Jimmy's just trying to keep his leg healthy. So it, I, I can Yo, automatically see somebody getting some sacks on Jimmy Garoppolo because he gives everybody sacks. And the more he throws the ball, the more opportunities they that he's gonna throw them the ball. The problem is if he gets in a groove. It's over, man. <clears throat> it's over. Speaking of Jimmy's leg, when he got rolled up on, I was nervous for the man. Second week in a row, got rolled up on. I was like, when his knee God. buckled, I was like, oh no. Yep, my God. 
<clears throat> I was like, he must have a rubber knee because I just knew that jet was gone. <clears throat> he said that brace saved him, so I'm like, man, boy. Yeah, well, at least he's not playing without the brace. I don't need him to run because, ironically, the, the game he got hurt in, he was leading us on a comeback to beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. And that's where he, on his own, you know, took a weird step and fucked up his knee. So, you know, in my opinion, people act like we haven't seen Kansas City and we didn't see Kansas City with those weapons. You know what I mean? We're going to do some things to them that they haven't seen all season. Look, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a battle. I don't know if it's going to be a battle, battle. bro. I don't know if it's it might be, man. You never know. I mean, I know you're super duper confident, but you never know. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it from that standpoint. I'm just saying from from the the schematic standpoint, the X's and O's. Mm-hmm. It's a situation where one, I feel like we've played several playoff style games this season. The games against Seattle, the game against Baltimore, the game against quote-unquote Green Bay at the time, in addition to playing Seattle at the end of the season and then rolling into the playoffs to play playoff games, we had a lot of big games that we had to play. Mm -hmm. I think Kansas City had more of a cupcake-type schedule, and it was the same situation that you could kind of look at New England, right? Like at the beginning of the season, New England was winning a lot of games, and then the minute they had to play anybody that was decent, they lost. I don't think that Kansas City played the type of teams that you need to play to prepare for us in order to come out and do what you need to do early. If we get a lead on them, I'm not scared. I'm not scared we're going to lose the lead. Well, I honestly think Kansas City is going to come out a little faster, or at least try to come out faster because they know how you know how good your defense is, and they know if we start slow, it's a chance that this game might be over before it really gets started. So I think they're going to come out faster. I mean that's might, cool until them until them boys in that backfield. Then what? They might try to throw some wrinkles in there, man. You never know. What wrinkles are you throwing for them boys coming back there? I don't know, Ain't man. This? Man, listen, I'm it, it, that shit. The same thing happened with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was out there killing hoes. We he played against our defense. I'm not saying like I understand he won the game. That man passed for a hundred yards. And got stripped. Like, like we took the ball out of his hands while he's scrambling. You won't see you ain't see that from no other defenses. All I'm trying to say is that shit Pat Mahomes be pulling, it works on weak defenses. That shit don't work. And I'm not talking about his arm. I'm talking about the scrambling, the time. Like you say hut, we back there, bro. Like make a decision. Now your weapons ready. It's not about just pet. Are your weapons ready? Because the time, the routes are timing routes. You ain't got three seconds to let Tyreek Hill get all the way down the field and burn somebody. You got two seconds, bro, and we back there. And if you get extra time, you better make a decision then because, you know, you're, you're still coming. Can I have a high motor? Yeah, we're relentless, bro. And I'm looking at the Chiefs defense. I'm like, yeah, they shut down Tennessee. Right. But have they really had a passing threat, really, to go up against? Man. 
And and that's the thing that confused everybody. Everybody's looking at Jimmy Garoppolo throwing eight passes as a Jimmy thing. No. The no, that eight was a Steve thing. Packers thing. Exactly. My thing is like, if I'm running the ball down your throat, why am I stop running? Right. And you know, you know this because unfortunately your team suffered from this. Kyle Shanahan learned a life lesson, man. He'll never do that shit again. Ever. And they're going to never stop running. He will never stop running it. That's the only thing I hate about y'all making the Super Bowl. (laughs) No, I'm dead ass. Like, I don't even, like, at this point, after the article that I read today, I don't even hate Shanahan for that anymore. Because he broke down what exactly happened. Like, okay, he went in with a certain mind frame. Like, okay, this ain't working there. So let's try this shit. So, you know, yeah. balance it out. Mm-hmm. But now that y'all made it, they're going to keep talking about that Super Bowl collapse and I'm going to have to keep reliving it. I'm going to have Super Bowl trauma. PTS Super Bowl D. Pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-traumatic Super Bowl syndrome. But you know what happens, man? And I, I can at least attest to this, man. A lot of people forget that when your team does make it to the Super Bowl, even when you lose, you had a successful season. Like, you enjoyed your entire season up to that game. Some of these people that be talking to you, they can't say they enjoyed their season. Like, a Cowboys fan can't tell you the last time they enjoyed the season. Maybe the 12-4 and four year. And then they went to Green Bay and Dez had the it's a catch, it's not a catch situation. But outside of that, for such a big fan base, they haven't had that joy in a long time. You know what I mean? So don't let people, don't let certain fan bases try to take that joy from you. Oh, no, I don't. It's really just the only fan base I'm battling with is the Bills and the Saints. But how can the Bills say that? The Bills haven't been there since I was 10. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what they do. But but you can't talk to me about some shit that ain't happened in over 27 years. Like, I I can't even listen to you. Like, no, no disrespect, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm a Falcons fan and we were just in there, the first thing, man, when the last time y'all even been good? Yeah, but then they go back to, oh, y'all been good, but y'all ain't done nothing with it. Yeah, but okay, I lost 28 to three. Y'all lost four straight. (laughs) Like, what? What are you talking about? Trust me, this is the argument. Like, if you could be a fly on the wall when I have these arguments, you probably lose your mind. And, man, and I don't even hate the Bills. I'm just saying, like, from a fan base perspective, I just, I, I I I really do judge it in that way. Like, I really judge it in that way. Like, I'm not one of those guys that just looks at either you won the Super Bowl or you didn't. Like, I judge how far you got in the playoffs. I judge all that. You know what I mean? So, at the end of the day, you know, how did you enjoy your season? You and know? that's another yeah. thing I get. When I talk to Bills fans, especially this season, they're like, oh, where were y'all at? Y'all, y'all didn't make the playoffs. I was like, y'all played one extra game than we did and came right back home. So did you I mean, really have true, a playoff run? And that's true, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I give them that. If you win the dance, at least you can enjoy that part of it. But, I mean, it's one season, man. It ain't the same as going to the Super Bowl. Listen, man, told collapse and then I got to hear from Saints fans about that one dusty-ass ring from 11 years ago. Hey, now that's a different story. 
I can't get into no rivalry shit, especially when somebody won that shit. Because if I mean, y'all I- won it. Because if y'all won that Super Bowl, I would give you that respect and those props that y'all deserve. You know what I mean? Right. Like, the Eagles still get something from me. The only problem I have with the Eagles is the fact that Carson Wentz wasn't the guy that won you the Super Bowl. So for you to feel like you still have that on your side is like, it's a false equivalency. It's like, True. man, y'all really just got Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah, you got a Nick Foles who just happened to make a run. Yeah, like it's 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 Doug, but Carson can't stay alive enough to actually <laughs> do anything. So yeah, it's kind of difficult. And truth be told, had we not lost that game, they wouldn't even have that ring because that's the year they won. Yeah, that's true. So there's that, but you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, it's all good. But I just know I'm going to hate hearing about the Super Bowl for the next two weeks. Hey, man, it's all right, man. Just sit back and enjoy it, man. Because well, I can, to be I can, honest, you're going to have a good game. Like, it's going to be somebody's going to do something exciting. Right. You know what I mean? Like, God forbid, even if we lose the Super Bowl, that means we would have seen Pat Mahomes do some Pat Mahomes shit. You know, if we win this Super Bowl... There's a possibility that Jimmy Garoppolo did some dope shit, and now we get to hear about how Belichick was right and the Patriots fucked up. If we run the ball like that, you get the Raheem Mostert story, which is dope, which is funny how it just blew up into a real story, you know? And, and then you get the, with the running the ball, you get the redemption story for Kyle Shanahan. Exactly. You're going to get the Shanahan story regardless. Like, if we win that Shanahan story, Oh my God. That's going to be the story right there. Honestly, man, I don't want to root against y'all, but that right there is like, that's the bitter part of me. That's the reason I don't want y'all to win. But you're only on, that's only one facet because you're going to get the father son thing. You know what I mean? You're going to get the young head coach thing. You're definitely going to get the Atlanta Falcons thing. But I mean, you know, that's just one facet, but it's definitely going to be a big story, man. Right. You know? We win, we get six Super Bowls, so we tie up with the Patriots and the Steelers. Like I'm, I'm, I really want this ring, man. We need this one. We need this one. Yeah, because we definitely don't know how next season is going to shake out. I'm pretty confident in us, only because of how young we are. I think that's amazing that we're that young. Yeah, I think one of the oldest players is Sherman on y'all squad. Oh, definitely. By far, but if you just look at if you just look at the players, like you look at our our um our draft this year, right? People talk about how we drafted Nick Bosa. We also drafted Debo Samuel, and we also drafted Dre Greenlaw, who was the linebacker that replaced Quan Alexander, who was the linebacker that tackled the dude before he crossed the line in Seattle. You know what I mean? So if you just look at that, you those rookies alone before we even have to re-up anything and Jimmy's already been paid, man, we sitting good for two, three seasons. Well, let's, let's talk about next season. All right. Who are the teams, who are the, the six teams that missed it in each conference that you think might make it next season as far as the playoffs are concerned? Six teams? Yeah. That missed you know you know what? Let's let's shorten it down to four. Six might be a little little much. All right, I'll go with the AFC. 
right, I think the I think the Raiders will make it. I think the Steelers will make it. Which means I still got Baltimore going, so that's two from their division. I still got Kansas City going, that's two for their division. Um I don't really think three teams are coming out of a division, but I also don't believe that. I think the Texans will make it, but I don't think the Titans will. Mm. I'm trying to think who who missed out of the AFC. Well, a lot of squads that, yeah, a lot of squads missed. I mean, the whole AFC North, like, you know, you don't think Cleveland's going to make it because you don't believe in Baker. No, I don't. Um, You know, of course, I don't think Cincinnati's going to make it. Pittsburgh is the team that you would think would make it. You know, I don't know how people feel about the Colts. They're kind of iffy, but they're going to need pieces in my mind because I feel like Houston's going to get a piece. I feel like they're going to get Deshaun some help. I feel like Jacksonville might be on the come up too. Maybe. Possibly, but I think they have a weird situation with this whole Nick Foles, Gardner, Minshew thing that's going to hamper them. Uh, quarterback-wise. Well, now that they have... Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but breaking news, Jay Gruden's their offensive coordinator now. Uh, that's cool. They still got Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. And they got to figure it out. You know what I mean? So that means if you don't believe in Nick, then you're going with Gardner Minshew. And then it, it's just weird at that point. They don't have enough offensive weapons for me to believe that anything's going to pop off. Because Jay Gruden's success, to me, is really just tied to A.J. Green and Andy Dalton being able to do something. True. Like, I have to see him do something outside of that because he was piss poor in Washington. He was. And he so. had a decent quarterback. Yeah, so I I can't roll with none of that. Now, granted, when I say piss poor outside of the Alex Smith year, but I attribute a lot of that to Alex Smith because once Alex Smith got good under Harbaugh, he never he was never phony again. Like he was cool in, in KC, he was cool in Washington. Like he played a lot of like minimal mistake football. Yeah, he's a quote unquote game manager. Yeah, but a good one in my opinion. But I don't know, man. Outside of that, man, I, I think my, I think I, I would just have to go with two teams that I think I think everybody else would make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the Raiders and I'm gonna go with uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Hmm. I think depending on what happens with the quarterback situation, I think the Chargers are gonna make it. No. Because <laughs> they have a defense. They have a run game. They just you need know, a quarterback. But you know, my problem is with the quarterback situation, and, and to your credit, you did say depending upon what they do. That time Brady shit ain't going to work for them. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying necessarily. I, I, I know you didn't say that, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that a lot of people are, are trying to actually hype that situation up or speak it into existence. And I, that doesn't say success to me. Yeah, I don't think it's a fit for time. Yeah. It's tough, bro. I don't I don't know. They would have to get somebody good. And even if they got Teddy, I just don't know if they have enough. But that's just me. Teddy Teddy could be a good option for them. In a way, yes. But I don't know if that's enough to take them over the top over Mahomes. 
for mm-hmm. Oakland. I just don't see they, they need a little more than me. Well, staying in that division, obviously the Chiefs are gonna make it. Yeah. I wanna pick the Raiders. But I don't know. They're gonna I think they're gonna have some some issues in Vegas that first year, getting reacclimated to things. I think that might play into it a little bit. Okay. So I don't know. But I think they can focus on weapons. I think that's the main mm-hmm. thing about the Raiders that makes me like them. You got Josh Jacobs. You got a solid tight end Waller. And if you could get, I'm not even, I'm not even out on Derek Carr per se. But let's just say even if you're out on Derek Carr and you get another QB, if you can get him a decent wide out with free agency, like a name that we like, I think that'll really help them. But that's just, you know. Actually, at this point, you don't really need a name. You can just get somebody that's productive. Well, of course. But I mean, when I say a name, I mean somebody that's productive. Like an AJ Green type. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. But just just in general, though. Like, yeah. They need it. They need somebody that can that they can depend on. Like a true number one is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He ain't got to be the best number one in the league, but if you got a true number one, that'll really help them out. Okay, I think I think the Colts are gonna do something next year. I think injuries hampered them a little bit this year, and they're a little uh, unorganized, undisciplined. I think you they're gonna pull it, it together. Over the Texans? No, not taking it. Just like making it. Maybe a wild okay, card. So, so you think they would be because he all right, so right now you just got the Chiefs and okay, possibly the Chargers. Chiefs, possibly the Chargers. Okay. Texans, so you got the possibly Texans the Colts. And the Colts, or possibly the Colts. Okay. So now our wild cards are pretty much taken up, right? right. Unless you got another possibly that you really interchange. Mm. You still got the Patriots coming out of the East, or you got Buffalo? No, I got the Patriots. Okay. Because <laughs> even without time, the Patriots still win. So that's the system. So what you doing with the AFC North, with the Ravens and Pittsburgh? You feel like Pittsburgh still might not make it? That depends on Ben. I, I feel like the Chargers and the Steelers are in the same boat. It all depends on their quarterback situation. Okay. So those I, are the interchangeable possibles. Correct. The Chargers and Pittsburgh, but you got the Ravens making it. Right. I definitely have the Ravens making it. They're the development of Hollywood Brown and one wide receiver pickup from being pure hell on the league. Right. <laughs> and I'm they, just, they're coming with all this disrespect that they've been hearing ever since they lost all the shit about Pat Mahomes and the gap not even being close between him and Lamar Jackson can Lamar win to the playoffs it, they are going to be pure hell on the league they're going to come in pissed off yes sir they are going to be pure hell the league but, wasn't smart enough to steal Greg Roman and give him a head coaching job they're going to be a problem Thinking about the Steelers, yeah, Ben is coming back, but what version of Ben is coming back? That's the question. Well, well, whatever version it is, it had to be better than Mason Rudolph and Duck. That's just me. We're we're better than those two. And that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. If you can go eight and eight with them, you can easily go ten and six, eleven and five with Ben. True, because you're getting you're getting four wins off the Bengals and Browns. Right, right there. Bow. So, you know okay. what I mean? 
and then you still got Minka that you can build off of. They got pieces they can build off of. That's how I look at them. Juju will be Juju again. You know what I'm saying? Like they still need a number two, in my opinion, though. They need a number two behind Juju. They do, but at the same time, they're the ones that have been developing wide receivers over the course of the past 10 years. They're the ones that get another one. You know what I mean? Oh, we ain't got Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Wallace. We got Antonio Brown. We knew he was going to be better. Oh, Antonio Brown's acting like a pure ass. We got Juju. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, they're they're great at developing wide receivers. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to be able to develop one. And I think Ben is crucial in that development as well. Now, looking at the AFC East, I think the Bills are going to regress. And I'm not being a hater when I say that. It's just that I don't see where this team is going because Frank Gore is going to retire, I'm assuming. Man, I totally agree with that whole Bills are going to regress thing because I don't see where they're going to get the free agent. And the way that Josh Allen nutted up in that damn Texas game, it just... That, man, that Paul, scared that shit out of me. a bad taste in my mouth, man. I just... I can't look at him the same, bro. Yeah. I've never seen either. any meltdown worse than that. Like, from one player. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, Mark Sanchez wasn't great, but he never did that shit. Exactly. You could, I'd rather you run into your own teammate's ass than take a sack on a fourth and 20-something. I've never seen somebody take a sack, to a penalty, and then a sack that leads you to being on the other side of the field. How like, fourth and they're 40. Like, how? How does that happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like and somebody putting down two draw fours in Uno. You're just like, man, come on, man. Right. I'm playing Uno. I got to draw eight cards. It's <laughs> just horrible, man. But they don't have a number one wide out. Okay. They're going to lose a part of their running game. Mm-hmm. One of their mainstays on defense, Lorenzo Allen, Lorenzo Alexander just retired. So they're going to have to replace him. Yeah. Tredavious White is cool, but what about the other side of the field? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be booty. I just don't think they're going to find a way to make the playoffs. I can see them going 6 and 10, 7 and 9 at this juncture. 7 and 9, or even 8 and 8. I'm, I'm with it, but that's not going to get them in. No, I'm it's with not. You. I'm with yeah. you. And what about this NFC side? Now, that is a little more complicated. Uh, how so? Well, just throwing my team in there. Hopefully, we can bounce back and get our shit together. We're always a threat to make it if we actually play correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's one spot gone, just me personally. Okay. Then you have the Saints. Now, how do you think the Saints? Let's stay here for a minute. How okay. do you feel like the Saints are gonna are gonna respond to these years of underachieving? Like, at some point in time, you hit the wall, and then it really looks like it's over. Do you think this is that year? You think they got another year or two before that happens? Knowing Drew Brees, how I know Drew Brees, he's gonna keep fighting. All right. But if they go into the playoffs and suffer another disappointment, it's over. Uh, like, just tear, if they don't win at this point, tear it down. Okay. Start fresh. Okay. But I don't see Tampa doing anything. I don't see Carolina doing anything. So now, why do you not see Carolina doing anything? Too much, too much what if. Okay. 
What if Cam comes back? What I'm, kind of coach's rule going to be? I'm reserving my right until I figure out what they're going to do with the quarterback position. I'm looking at the other side of the ball, too. You just lost the heart of your defense. And Luke Keekly. how are you yeah. going to replace him? Yeah, but they needed to, though. They did, but even with him, they were getting shredded. So without him, yeah, even worse situation. Okay. All right. Now I'll go to the NFC North. All right. I feel like the Packers are in the same boat with the Saints. Like they suffered all this disappointment. Are they going to tear it down? Nah. They definitely won't. Nobody in their division is good enough to even be a threat. See, that's where, I, where, that's where I think it might be a little different because, yeah, the Vikings really didn't do much when they got in the dance, but they're, they're a threat now. They're legitimate to me. Well, my problem with them is you can obviously see that Xavier Rhodes fell all the way off, so they got to replace a corner. Right. Their O-line play isn't really that great. Kirk is going into his last season. So you got to figure out if you're going to give him an extension or not. Yeah, Dalvin is Dalvin. Diggs was already upset this year. And Adam Thielen is going to have to prove that he hasn't really fallen off after the injury. So I, to me, Green Bay has that advantage. No, they have the advantage. I'm just, not, I'm just not taking Minnesota for a joke. No, 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 no. I'm not taking them for a joke. And if you want to throw them in the wild card position, that's cool. But I don't think they're taking that division from Green Bay. And we know no, the Bears no. ain't doing it. And we know the Lions ain't doing it. The Bears won't do shit till they get a quarterback. Exactly. So they're out. Lions, Lions are the Lions at this yep. point. There you go. The NFC East. I don't <laughs> even know what to say about that division because that's gonna be the most interesting division to me. Think so? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but like uh they're going to have to make some... The Eagles are going to have to draft. That's the first thing. They're going to have to start drafting weapons and developing these weapons for Carson Wentz because they can't depend on old guys or any free agents or anybody that doesn't have any camaraderie. And they're going to need people to start getting in line. And the only way to do that is to just build a culture up from the ground up. And you got already got the main piece, which is the QB, right? But wait, wait, wait. Let's stop. Do they really have the main piece? I mean, yes, he's there. <clears throat> But it always go back goes back to his availability. Well, when when I say they have the main piece, I mean they've made that decision. Yeah, I can't sit okay. up there and say that he's going to be anything. I don't know what that's going to be, but I know one thing: they're not drafting a quarterback to replace him. Right. So if that's the case, then you need to start drafting those weapons to help him. You know what I mean? That's what I mean by having the main piece. I don't. That doesn't mean I think he'll be successful or he won't be hurt. I, it just means that's the decision they make. That's one less decision they have to make. Okay. Yeah, they got clarity on that. Our quarterback is Carson Wentz, and that's who we're riding with. So I respect that. You know what I mean? But they're going to need pieces. Um, Dallas got to figure out if they're going to pay Dak or not. That's you know? their biggest issue. And they need a tight end because Jason Wooten's over the hill. Yeah, they definitely need a tight end. And they got to figure out if they're going to pay Coop. Now, if it's me, just because we got uh, Mike McCarthy, and I believe that he's a quarterback whisperer, I'm going to pay Dak. I don't want that cloud going over my head. Zeke is already paid. And then our franchise, Amari Cooper, our franchise tag him. 
And if he's unhappy, then that's just a wide receiver that's unhappy. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to say because that division is just so fucking topsy-turvy, man. Well, I see nothing from the other two teams in that division. Well, we don't know because at least the Giants changed something up. You know, True. I don't know who Joe Judge is going to be. I don't know how how mediocre Garrett is. Let's just say Garrett is mediocre. Let's yeah. say Garrett makes them 8-8. Eight and eight. That's actually a hell of an improvement for them. It is like a five-game improvement. You know what I'm saying? So I can't I can't really just shit on Jason Garrett like he's bum because he's never been bum. He's just been regular. You know what I mean? But regular is actually good in that division. So, which is terrible. Yeah, well, no, that's another conversation for another day. But yeah, I mean, eight and eight will have you in it. <laughs> eight and eight will have you have you uh, looking at the door. Yeah, it, it, that's it. So now, can you win a game or two that you didn't normally think you would be able to win? You catch somebody slipping on a bad day. You in there? You know what I mean? So that's how I look at it, man. I have no hope for Washington, so they're out. Well, they need a lot of stuff. They need a whole new team, basically. Ron, Ron Rivera's there, but hopefully, I'm hoping that he can make that like Carolina 2.0, just so it'll be fun to watch. Like maybe he can build a defense out, you know, do a nice running game, and then get a solid QB, you know. But you know, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Cam left Carolina and went to Washington. That'd be the worst mistake in his life. I can see him doing that because Ron Rivera was his guy. That'd be the worst mistake of your life. You go to Washington to die. You don't go to Washington to like prove a point or prove people wrong. I wouldn't even say it's a prove people wrong thing, but like I said, that was his guy. He's the you one don't go there to have no success, man. Look at what happened to Josh Norman. Just look at who Josh Norman was. Yeah, Josh Norman was a quote-unquote shutdown. And then what did he become in Washington? Um, what was Donovan McNabb? Wait, wait, wait. wait. We, we bumped into a segue there. <laughs> I forgot the, the whole uh, Richard Sherman, the Real Reavers beef. <laughs> but you know, let, let's finish this section here and we can jump to that. All right. Well... NFC West, I got us, and I got Seattle being a threat for sure. I got them being two teams are coming out of my division. What two teams? I don't know. I'm gonna say Seattle by default, but it could easily be the Rams and us. You know what? I'm not gonna sleep on the Cardinals like that. They could be a draft pick or two away from making a run. Um. They can make an early run. It's, it's, they, they can. They can. Mm-hmm. And I love the addition of Kenyon Drake. Uh, they need about two more years. I'll be honest with you. They need like two more seasons. Mm-hmm. They need the success to go to our head. They need Russell Wilson to get a little older. They just need about two more seasons. And then they'll be, they'll be fighting. They're just going to give us, they're just going to be a headache for the next couple of seasons. I'm not going to sleep on them like that. Not yeah. saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm giving them more. I'm probably giving them more respect than they deserve, but I like what they're doing over there. They're going to come out of that division two and four most seasons. Probably. You know what I'm saying? Like two and four will be their division record for the most part. 
But it, it was years they went 0 and 8, so they lost all division games. Well, nah, nah, they would be 0 and 6 for them, but yeah, that's true. So it's an improvement. Yeah. Is that in the southeast? Yeah, that's no, we everybody. got one more. Did we? We did. No, we know. did. We did north. Did we do the yeah, north? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we, we did, did north. north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they said Green Bay, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Well, how you feel about the South? I know how I feel about it. You said how do I feel about who? The NFC South. Um, it's up in the air. I feel like the South is about to go back to what it used to be. It's traditional round robin. So I could easily see y'all being the ones to take the division this year. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like there's going to be some form of relapse with the Saints. Not that they won't make the playoffs, but I feel like they're not, they've, they've been holding fast too long, man. Somebody's coming for them. Yeah. So the most logical answer would be y'all, but it could easily be Carolina. You know, just because they have a lot of unknowns, but somebody's coming for them. So, okay, so we pretty much got the same take, either or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's too early to be making those predictions, but we thought of just throwing them out there. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's fun to do. So, well, let's get back to this Darrell Revis, uh, Richard Sherman beef that took place. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that don't know, Darrell Revis said that Richard Sherman was not a shutdown corner. Mm-hmm. All he does is play zone. He's been a beneficiary of good defenses, good like front sevens, and he mm-hmm. doesn't travel with the best receiver. Mm-hmm. Now I took that as partly true mm-hmm. because he stays on one side of the field. He doesn't travel. Right, not that I often. I don't necessarily well, know that he played. Right, I don't know necessarily that he plays zone a lot. But I know he does play some zone. Yeah, it's a combination of zone and man, but it's there's definitely zone in there. And he has been a beneficiary of a good front seven. Both in both instances, yeah. in Seattle and San Francisco, while he's had success. Yeah, so I don't see, I really don't see, you know, a lie there outside of maybe the zone part of it, but. You know, that's my take. I'm an outsider. <laughs> it's very funny, man, because I'll be honest with you. Here's my thing with Richard Sherman. There's always been a uh, hate-love relationship with him. Um, when he was in Seattle, um, I didn't like the fact that he played for Seattle, but I liked him as a player. Like, I just liked him, and I liked his personality because I like people who who play with a chip on their shoulder and have, like, uh, a, all right, we'll see. Like, keep talking that talk, we'll see. And then when they get the opportunity to tell you about yourself after they've proven themselves right, they do it. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. always like that about Richard Sherman. Always like that. Even when he did the whole thing about Crabtree, I felt like Crabtree was soft. Like, you don't let no man do that to you, man. Like, <laughs> you just don't. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway the, the way I feel about the situation is this. As right as Darrell Revis is about everything, 
about him not traveling, about him playing a lot of zone and benefiting from a good defense. It's the same situation that Tom Brady is in, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady got six Super Bowl rings from benefiting from a collective unit, and he was a part of it. He was a main piece in that collective. Same with Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's greatness is is a lot has a lot to do with him being the beneficiary of certain things, but it's also the collective, the like the piece that he plays within that collective, right? So when you think of the Legion of Boom, the Boom was the Cam Chancellor of it all and the Earl Thomas of it all, but the leader was Richard Sherman. He was the mouth. He was the face, right? Mm-hmm. So then when the Legion of Boom begins to dismantle, what defenses were elevated when these pieces left? Now, granted, Cam Chancellor had to retire due to a neck injury, right? Earl Thomas goes to Baltimore. Do they resemble the Legion of Boom? Are they in elite defense? Not quite. Not in my mind, anyway. No, they're even missing a few pieces. Even with, even, but they had to even trade to get Marcus Peters. Which which changed things up for them a little bit, but not the same, right? You know, Brandon Browner was over there. Was Brandon Browner super official after that? Yeah, a little stint with the Patriots, and he was out of there. But Richard Sherman came to San Francisco, reinvented himself, and if nothing else, our defense is highly respected. And it's because our corners aren't sus. He got that whole secondary popping with leadership. That's something that Richard Sherman can say that Darrell Reeves can't say. So while, yeah, you may be a shutdown corner, you just impact yourself. You never impacted teams in the way that I have. I've made my teams contenders. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, if Richard Sherman wins this championship, he's going to be remembered more than, yep, he's going to have two. And he's going to be remembered as being a factor. More so than Darrell Revis was. Because honestly, before mm-hmm. Darrell Revis said something, I forgot all about Darrell Revis. No, exactly. Exactly. But you know, you know what it was? It was after he left the Jets. What he did, he didn't do shit after he left the Jets. But it didn't matter because he never made his defenses better. We looked at him like a contract killer, an assassin, the dude that could only do his thing. But see, you know what I'm saying? I think he was the beneficiary of that Jets defense because once he left, he was getting smoked left and right. But even if that's the case, we never looked at them as being this great collective. Like that Jets defense is just us looking at the Jets being able to play defense. Richard Sherman was part of something. He was part of something legendary. They were the two Super Bowls and they were the Legion of Boom. If he goes in this situation, if he where well, he's going, but if he wins in this situation, that's three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl rings, and being an integral part. Like nobody's gonna look at it like, damn, Richard Sherman rode the success to get a ring. Like this is an all pro season for him after tearing his Achilles. Yeah. Like he's gonna be remembered, bro. This this is a Hall of Famer we're talking about now. No, I love Sherman. I love his attitude, except when yeah, he plays us. But, but that's that's the problem with Revis. But at the same time, man, I respect Revis, man. When you don't like somebody, you just don't like somebody, man. And I gotta I, I don't care how popular they are. You know, there's a dude out here that just don't like Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was an asshole to him. I gotta respect that dude that'll say, man, fuck Michael Jordan. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't feel that way. But the John you know Starks I mean? of the world. Yeah, like straight up. Like I respect that. So, you know, Richard Sherman did, you know, talk a little bit of shit back in the day about uh Darrell Reeves. He didn't call him top five. And so they got a battle and he took the opportunity when, you know, Sherm gave up a play on Devontae Adams, but it was like Darrell Revis was waiting in the weeds for the first bad thing to happen. And when you think about it, it wasn't like Devontae Adams scored a touchdown. No, Sherman just got beat. He didn't get cooked. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like... And honestly, when he got cooked, I'm like, yeah, that's... He's still not 100% healed from that injury. But even when you got cooked, you just got cooked by a dude that was fast. But we recovered as a defense, so he didn't make a, a highlight on you. Like, that's, that's not a scoring play. That's not like when Darrell Reeves called Randy Moss a slouch and Randy Moss one-handed on that nigga. He acted like he had a bad hamstring. Like, he got cooked. <laughs> I forgot he did that. He got cooked by Randy Moss. You get what I'm saying? So it's not that's not the same type of play. So, you know, I'm just saying, man, you know, Reeves going to come at Sharon, man. It's fair, but it's nothing he's going to be able to do about it if Richard Sherman wins the Super Bowl. Like I said, Reeves Island was forgotten for me anyway. Yeah, and he won one with the Patriots, but it didn't matter because they didn't look at him. He wasn't. He wasn't an integral cog in that whole winning. Exactly. Even if he mattered, he he just wasn't looked at as that dude. Matter of fact, <laughs> what year was that? I don't even remember what year that was. Man, that shit had to be the year when they um when they beat Seattle on it. I, I don't know because he he didn't he didn't play when they beat uh when they beat y'all. Because the only thing I remember from that Super Bowl is Malcolm Butler making the play. To be honest with you, I don't remember. So what Super Bowl did they win before that then? Mm, I think it had been 10 years since they went before that. So he had to be there for the Malcolm Butler year then. Because think about it. It was before that, it was it was Seattle. Wait, 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 wait. wait. It was, it was uh, Seattle-Denver. No, no, right. no, 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 no. Who was 13? It was Seattle, Seattle Denver. And then Seattle played the Patriots. And then after that. It was us. No, no. No, no. It was Denver, Carolina after that. Right. So Carolina lost and Denver got redemption. Mm-hmm. And then who was after that? It was uh, us and the Patriots. Right. He couldn't have been there for that, was he? I no, think so. I don't think so. Nah, because if he was there for that, his ass would have got cooked because y'all went up 28 to 3. That's so, what I'm know. saying. No. I don't think so. Let me look it up. <clears throat> yeah, bro. I don't he really I don't think he was there. I think I he was there during the Seattle game. That's what I think. And see. like you said, that's Malcolm Butler. That ain't Darrell Revis. Let me see. Let me see. Cause shit, I think Talib was there for y'all. Wait, he didn't even play for the past. At least not on here anyway. Wait a minute. Hell no. Nah. When did he get a who did he get the Super Bowl with? I don't for, from what I'm looking at, it says the Jets. The oh wait, he did play for New England. That was 14. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was 14. So that had to be the uh, That was the Malcolm Butler year. Yeah, that was yeah. Malcolm Butler year. It had to be. Yep. And that year he only had what? Two picks? Yeah. Two picks. 
Yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry with Sherm on this one. I just felt that what Reeves was saying was true, but looking at it, you can't can't yeah. deny Sherm. Yeah, it's true, but it just didn't matter. You know, right. I mean? at the end of the day, it's not going to do anything to the legacy of Richard Sherman. And right. Richard Sherman is in a position to add to his legacy. You know what I mean? And even, even if y'all lose, he still impacted that team. Oh, without a doubt. But this will this will cement him. You know what I mean? He jumped the gun, man. He should have waited. Well, what, what other opportunity was he going to have if Sherman goes out there and gets a pick? Well, this is my this is how I feel about it. If you know that they're about to go play the Kansas City Chiefs, there's more of an opportunity to him, for him to get burnt by Tyreek Hill or somebody or McCall Hartman than it is just, you know, waiting on this Devontae Adams game where he didn't get cooked. He just got beat. You I know what? I forgot Revis played for Kansas City for a year. Yeah, man, Revis was a contract killer. Like, he was just like, hey, all right, I'll take the bounty. Who y'all need out of here? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, let's, let's switch gears. Let's get a little dark here. Before we All right. So, Netflix decided to drop this controversial Aaron Hernandez documentary this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It detailed a lot. Yep. It was three hour-long uh, parts. They went into his childhood, his upbringing, all the way up through his untimely death. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts about this documentary. Okay. First thing, first thing that stuck out with me at the at the beginning was this whole Aaron Hernandez's bye thing. Okay. That, that was, okay. Well, if he is by, so what? Mm-hmm. But I get why that would be a story. Mm-hmm. And then two, the person that said it, I did some digging. He wasn't the starting quarterback when Aaron Hernandez was playing. He was the backup. Uh-huh. Not saying that they never had a relationship, but I think the guy was putting on a little bit for the cameras. Okay. So that's that. All right. Second question with the with the homicides, yes, the double shooting and the Odin Lloyd murder. Mm-hmm. Where was the evidence that pointed out Aaron Hernandez was the sole shooter? Exactly, it was all circumstantial. Yeah, there was no fingerprints. There was no murder weapon. There was no gun residue, gunpowder on his clothing. Nothing. Other than just the video surveillance of him walking back and forth in the house uh, with the gun after Odin Lloyd. But he's always had accomplices with him when he's done his killing. So right. he, could, he may not have been the trigger man, to your point. And another thing, where were the other two guys? Why did they get the less time and there were only accomplices to murder? They when snitched. they could have been the one to pull the trigger. They snitched. I can't even call it snitching. They just pointed the finger at Aaron Hernandez because he was the bigger name, at least in my opinion. Yeah, that's snitching. It is. You know, they went to do a murder. They weren't just out there, you know, messing around. You right. Know. They didn't plead like, hey, Aaron, don't do this. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And another thing, I tend to believe that he didn't hang himself. I tend to believe he was murdered. Um, before the documentary, I could have easily said I agree with you on that one because mm-hmm. it just seemed a little odd. Mm-hmm. Um, watching this documentary, it was very eye-opening because I followed the I followed the Aaron Hernandez story, mm-hmm. and um, I used to get ESPN the magazine, and oh, one wow, throwback. And one of the ESPN the magazine uh, issues that I got actually had him on the cover, and it had a timeline detailing all of these things that he had done since he was at Florida. So a lot of this information I saw and and I want to say that the timeline that they showed was the same timeline that was in the ESP in the magazine article. It was. So when I saw that timeline, it looked very familiar front and all and I I was able to follow it. Mm-hmm. But the narration and the piecing it together with the audio really brought everything home and kind of gave you an idea and a different perspective on who this guy was and how his life was affected traumatically by all these different things. Um, I'll start off by saying I'm a firm believer of like whatever actions you take, I'm just going to judge you by those actions, regardless if I understand the reasoning behind them or not, because at the end of the day, you still took those particular actions. Right. So it's no different than, when I watch the R. Kelly doc and they say R. Kelly was molested too. Well, you still molested and mistreated a lot of these girls and women out here. So while I understand what happened to you, doesn't excuse anything and it doesn't garner any extra sympathy. I will say this. It made Aaron Hernandez more of a sympathetic figure in my eyes because I understood that he just wasn't all there. Like when it comes to conversations about like mental health and things like that, I feel like it's really uh buzzworthy nowadays. I feel like it's kind of trite in society to use those terms, not because they don't exist, but because certain people are inauthentic with their approach to it. And so they want to hop on whatever train is going on right now. And that the mental health train, unfortunately, is one that a lot of people want to hop on. But he is a an example of somebody that I truly believe had true mental health issues. And so all of the actions that he committed were due to psychological trauma to his brain, physical trauma to his brain, And something that they didn't really speak on, it seemed like he had like a multiple personality disorder, but not to the extreme of him having different names. Like Mm -hmm. this is Aaron, this is Jim, this is Tyler. You know, he could turn his personality on and on. Bro, when I was listening to him talk on those calls while he was in jail, you would have thought this dude was down the street and about to come home. It was amazing to hear. And I don't mean that like in like some kind of like positive way. It was just how can somebody be so nonchalant about his situation? Yeah. He's just like, 
talking to, I mean, anything like talking to his daughter. He's like, hey, baby, you know, uh, beating. He's like, nah, that shit's crazy. And they're like, man, but what about why well, I was going to bring up the Patriots, man? But you know, bad memories, like bad memories. Man, those were good memories. Like anybody he was talking to was crazy. He would code switch. Like he ain't even dropped the N word whenever he was talking to white people. But as soon as the pounces called him, he was like, nigga, I'm telling you, this shit is crazy, bro. Like these niggas is tripping. Like it was just a different person every time. And so it was eye opening to see that. I think the documentary did a good job at telling that particular story. Um, This is a story that if somebody were to tell you, you would think they're lying. Like if they were like, yeah, man, I knew this dude named Aaron Hernandez and he was raised like this. And then he went to this school and then this happened and then that happened. And then he was in the club and he just shot these two dudes and that happened. He was like, oh, nigga, you lying. Like he shot somebody Monday and Sunday right. he caught a touchdown. Right. Like it's a weird, crazy, astonishing, but very, very, very sad story. And the dynamic between his uh, girl and her sister, that was that was a painful thing to watch. Um, watching Odin Lloyd's mom, yeah, that that's was painful to watch. Like, truly painful. Truly painful to see the uh, person that you think killed your son or you know killed your son feet like you know just 20 feet away from you and then seeing pictures uh, of your son shot in his body and then them questioning you and them asking you like you've been trained to show no emotion yeah that that was crazy I'm like bro this is hard like this is just some hard cruel stuff and so at the end of the day man I don't know about the whole bisexual thing because it was very odd that I believe it, number one. Uh, let's say that. I believe that that man was, you know, in, in physical relationships with men. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that to a certain extent, it's not like, uh, it's, it's not like he was in the closet. I think there was a true hatred, even in the words that he spewed on some of those recordings we heard. I think he had self-hate about it, which Mm -hmm. caused or or, or played a role into his rage. And that's not me denouncing anything. That's just how I look at him dealing with that situation. But um, it's a very insightful, sad documentary. But I feel like uh, to get a good idea of what happened, it was a uh, it was a good piece of, of of art to see, if you want to call it that. I really feel bad for his daughter. Like I feel bad for Odin's family. Bad yeah. for his daughter. Well, we live in a society now where, unfortunately, um, they don't get the benefit from what we get the benefit from, and that's the mystery of who our parents were before we were of age to know who our parents are, you know? True. And even nowadays, then, these kids are going to have documentations and records and reality TV shows and pictures mm-hmm. online to be able to just see the mistakes that their parents made and who they may have been. And so it's very unfortunate that, you know, 
this body of work is out there for her to even be able to see. You know? And it's not even just this one. There was another one. Oh, yeah. Like they had to try to watch it. Yeah. I mean, just in general, man, it's just, it's a, it's a super sad story. But at the end of the day, you know, with all that said, you know, the man did what he did. And I can't feel sorry for him because I got to save that for Odin Lloyd. And those yeah. other victims, man, like when they were in that courtroom and he got acquitted of that shit and that man's whole family was in there. Like that was yeah, just that was tough, tough to watch, man. It's tough to watch. I mean, when I say I feel sorry for him, I feel sorry because of, you know, the shit he went through. I'm not saying it was right, but the shit he went through was tough. I mean, I respect that. You know what I'm saying? I respect that. But once you do something that it's just a reason to me. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I got sympathy for for people who go through like situations. Mm-hmm. This man was killing for nothing, bro. Like, he was just out there just, all right, man, not today. This your last day, you know? But then again, like we said, who's to know that he did it? We don't Granted. know. Granted, but the beefs were his beefs. The people were closely attached to him. So even if he was an accomplice, it's not like he didn't have that malice. And it's not like he wasn't around a lot of murders. You know what I'm saying? He was around some wild boys, yeah. Yeah, like even if, let's just say, let's, let's shoot him some bail. Let's play devil's advocate. Let's just say he was never the trigger man. You're in some shit that's just evil in spirit. You get what I'm saying? You rolling around with people that senselessly murdering people like it's nah, bro. I can't I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's wild, man. And then you know, I always say Urban Meyer ain't shit. This documentary helped. You know what I mean? Yeah, he let, he letting them get off like yo, relax, don't press charges. Yeah, man, he's out there wilding. He wasn't protecting those boys, and as I told my other homeboy. You know, that program was getting out of hand because me and him had this debate about what I said on the podcast um, about every time Urban Meyer gets in a sticky situation, he acts like he's about to die. You know what I mean? That's true. That's what the fuck happens, man. Like, anytime, bro, like, and he was like, well, what did you do in Florida? And I was like, yo, Florida was wild, but that documentary helped prove that point, man. Like, he was covering some shit up, man. You know, it was things he knew, man. Just yeah, think so. about the personalities on that team, like yeah, yeah. You know, what some shit going on. Even the non-killers, but just the hyper-aggressive people. You know, Percy up there dumping people in trash cans. The pouncy boys, some wild boys. You know what I mean? It's just, it's definitely one of those things where didn't they have Cam back then too? You said who? Didn't they have Cam Newton too on the go? Yeah, they had Cam Newton, but Cam won't play like that. But yeah, they had Cam Newton, uh, Riley Cooper, the racist. Yeah, exactly. They had a lot of people on that team, man. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting body of work, though, man. It is. You know? I pray for I pray for their families, man, because you know all the people that got left behind, man. It just it's, 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 it's just a part of something that was super traumatic. 
Yeah. And it'll never go away because of who he was. Exactly. And the amazing part about it is, you know, you always see, you know, you hear these stories of of things that happened or people and they'd be like, he used to play in the NBA or NFL star so-and-so did this. And you'd be like, who the hell was that? That person wasn't good. This dude was legitimately good. He was grind before grind. Yeah. Like what they would have been if he was just a legitimate player without these problems is it's crazy. That two tight end set would have been wreaking havoc. Yeah, it's just crazy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn, I want to end on a sad note. Shit. No, no, no. We can uh, we can go with the whole predictions thing, man, or you know, something. <sighs> Well, the Pro Bowl is next week, but I don't really care about that. I mean, a couple of my guys are playing in it, but, you know, whatever. It's the Pro Bowl. <laughs> nah, I can't do shit with the Pro Bowl, man. Nobody gets like shit for the, the Pro Bowl anymore. I, I like all the festivities and things that go on around the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. I might tune into that when that comes on. Like, them, everybody trying to do these catches and these skills challenges and stuff like that. Like, I think that's, that shit's cool, but the game itself, I may I may turn it on just to see somebody throw a couple passes, but it's gonna be it's gonna be super boring. <clears throat> I'll be out of that shit in no time. Yeah, I just remember when the Pro Bowl meant something. Oh yeah, for sure. They gotta take it back to Hawaii. They do, but you know the NFL. They're not doing that. Well, they fucked up there. <laughs> but as far as predictions go, mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going with y'all defense to really set the tone. Okay. And I don't think, yeah, the Chiefs have weapons, but if they can contain those weapons, Mm -hmm. the Chiefs don't have the defense to go back and forth to to hold it down until the offense gets on on track. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. So with that said, I'm going with the with the Niners. As much as I don't want them to win for my own selfish reasons, <laughs> I'm going with the Niners. All right. Well, you already know who I'm going with. So I'm gonna just ask you a couple questions and okay. um, you know, I answer some of those myself. But um if the Chiefs were to win this game, mm-hmm. how do you see them winning the game and what things do you think will be like contributing factors to them doing so? How do I see them winning the game? Mm-hmm. Last second field goal? Okay. I can't see a blowout happening. Okay. All right. For me to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. I would think that the way the Chiefs could get into this game is keeping the, the score close. Mm-hmm. They have to keep it within 10. Um and force us to to pass the ball. And and with that, they would have to get a couple of defensive scores, whether it's a sack force fumble and then they pick up and score or a pick six to score or put them in position to score offensively. Because them getting in the red zone after a turnover would be just as deadly as them getting a pick six. So I think that would be the, the recipe for success for them. If they were going to win. But if I had to say how I think the game is going to play out. um, 
I think they're going to start off slow. Uh, and what I mean by that is Patrick Mahomes gets more dynamic when he has the freedom to be a gunslinger. And I don't think Andy Reid likes to start the game off with him being a gunslinger because it's too risky. Um, right. So with that said, <clears throat> I think we can get a 10-point lead on him early. And I think what we have to do is always maintain balance. I don't think we can just do what we did necessarily running the ball like we did against Green Bay. But I think we can do something more along the lines of what we did with Minnesota. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, Minnesota was close enough, but we just kept running the ball and playing solid defense. Um, The way that I could see it being a blowout on our end is if we also score on defense. So if we can get one or two defensive scores on top of it, I could easily see us winning this game like 41-42 to like, I'm saying we have 41 or 42 points. To like 27, 28? Right, exactly. So Pat Mahomes still has his numbers of over 300 yards passing, three TDs maybe, or two passing TDs and a rushing TD or however it rolls out. Oh, no, he's not running. Let's get that correct. He's not running. Well, I mean, you know, I'll give you that goal line push in. You know what I mean? He's not he's not scrambling for 30. But right. I could give you that, you know, y'all on the two or y'all on the one. So instead of giving it to Williams, y'all do a sneak. I give you that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he's going to be responsible for, you know, three of those touchdowns easy. But I could also see that defense just not doing enough in order for us to pull off what we need to pull off. So It'll be interesting. I'm excited. This is probably, this is probably the Super Bowl that I've been excited about. In the oh, last few years. Yeah, I agree. And the one other thing with is special teams. Mm-hmm. I can also see, you know, see them getting like a return that, you know, could could help them in that regard. Like those are the things that I could see logically happening. But I think we're gonna win this game. Yeah, the return man is dangerous, so I can see that. Yeah. But that's those would be the keys to success in my opinion. Cause outside of that, man. They not they not fucking with our defense at all. Like our defense is gonna come out there and put something on them early, and they're gonna have to adjust to that. And our offense is gonna do something to their defense that they're gonna have to adjust to. Now I do want to see if Jimmy G gets under pressure. Well, how is he gonna react? Well, I could tell you how he's gonna react. The one thing he does is he has a good short term memory. So even if he does make a mistake, he can negate that by coming back and making a, a good play after that. You know what I mean? So. I think I think the biggest thing about the whole thing is can we put seven on the board instead of putting three on the board? When we get into that range, can we can we go ahead and hit the hit them with that kill shot? Because this could be one of those Kittle games, man. This could be one of those games where he has like 180 yards receiving and two TDs, you know, and that makes Jimmy's numbers look phenomenal. You know, so question. Mm-hmm. Is there any word on uh, Tevin Coleman's injury? Yes, he has a dislocated shoulder, and they think that with a week's rest, he may be able to play in the game. Mm. Which is all I want for him personally. 
that's why I asked because even though he's not a part of my team, he's one of my favorite players while he was on the team. Yeah, because I thought he broke his wrist. And they were like, no, it's his elbow. And then when they finally did the report, they're like, nah, he has a dislocated shoulder. So obviously they popped that bitch back in place and now he's just resting the shoulder. But if it's a point where he has to just manage pain, but he has the mobility to do what he needs to do, I'm pretty sure he's not going to pass this up. Oh no, he'll definitely play. He'll definitely play just because the last time he was there, what happened? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's the only reason I asked because you know that's one of my guys still. Yeah, nah, it's dope, man. So I hope I hope he can uh, he can he can contribute. And you know we need everybody in this game, so I'm not I'm not yeah, taking one game that. left, man. Yeah, I'm not taking Kansas City for a joke, but it's definitely been a magical season, man. Either way, it's been a dope season. Yeah, when y'all were eight, no, I didn't see Super Bowl run. To be honest with you. No shit. By the time we got to eight, no, I saw Super Bowl run. But I didn't see Super Bowl run initially. I saw like good playoff run. Mm-hmm. And then when we got to be like eight, no. And then we, when we, even when we lost to Seattle, the way we lost to Seattle said a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, in order for us to lose games, you got to beat up. We haven't had a bad loss all season. Not no. good. No. You yeah. know what I mean? Not one bad loss. Every loss has been a one score loss. True. You know what I mean? And some of those situations, the time just ran All those situations, the time ran out. Time ran out in overtime against uh, Seattle. Well, they hit the last point. Um, Baltimore, that was the last second kick. And y'all, that was the last second touchdown. Yeah, yeah, we scored twice. Yeah, there's no more, no more time on the clock. We couldn't but do that us. But the reason I said I didn't see a Super Bowl run coming because I've seen teams go 8-0, 9-0, and then get to the playoffs and get smoked. Yeah, you know what it says about the game of football, though, to be perfectly honest with you? It goes to show you that no matter what happens in football, no matter how many rules they make, that defense is always going to play a big factor in how you can pad the offense of the other team. It's not necessarily shutting them down. It's how well can you slow down a prolific offense. And that's what we have the ability to do. It's not that I don't think, you know, we'll stop at Mahomes. That's not my goal. My goal is just to be able to pad them enough to where my offense can score more points. Right. We'll see. Like I said, I'm, I'm excited about this one because I wasn't excited about Philly going. I wasn't excited about the Rams going. I know you weren't excited about the Saints if they were yeah. going to make it. I knew they weren't going to make it, so I didn't even count them. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, like, not even no hater shit. Like, just watching them as closely as I do, I knew they didn't have what it took to get to the actual Super Bowl. Like they yeah. weren't dominating. And to get to the Super Bowl, you have to dominate. Yeah, for sure. Especially when they didn't get the, the first round by. Yep. Like that first, I don't think people realize how crucial that first round by is. Yeah. Getting that first round by did mean a lot for us because it afforded us the ability to just say, okay, we're going to play Minnesota and then we're going to play the winner. Oh, we got Green Bay. All right, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, it literally did feel that quick. And it afforded you time to get your injured players held up. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely did that. Because that Quan Alexander play, that that was the biggest one to me. Like, D Ford is the biggest in so far as helping us. But mm-hmm. I kind of knew D Ford was coming back. 
You know what I mean? But hearing, you know, when you hear a player's out for the season, you just literally think that they're out for the foreseeable future. You don't think like, oh, y'all, when y'all said season, y'all meant regular season. Like you are factoring in the postseason. Like I had no clue he was even going to be, you know, healed enough to play. It's going to be J.J. Watt factor. Same same exact thing happened with him. Like, oh, J.J. Watt's out for the season. Damn, that's a shame. No, he's out for the regular season. No, 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 coming back for this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Next week is going to be a little slow because, you know, there's not much going on. But whatever. Yeah. We'll get to it. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'll have some shit to talk about because somebody's going to piss me off in the media. Yeah, we can roll with that, you know. But we appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's a long one tonight. Yep. Hopefully, if y'all made it to this point, you enjoyed yourself. You can find us on Instagram at the Gridiron Guys Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on these digitally streaming platforms. And I'm your boy, Sean Pesos. <laughs> Tell me your boy, Russ Digi. <laughs> y'all have a good one out here. Be safe. Y'all be blessed. Peace.